0: From the Omaha Bugle Global News Headquarters, this is the Global News Network with Senior Correspondent Jeff Weaver and Senior Correspondent Adam von Romer. How do we pronounce his name? Texera? Yeah, I think it's Texiera. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think
1: it's Texera. Well, Mr. Weaver, here we are finding ourselves at the global news network desk of the Omaha Bugle. And as we have predicted many times, the headlines never failed to provide us with ongoing fodder and you know, points of personal amazement or amusement at this juncture. So I understand you want to talk about that little boo-boo of last week. Apparently, the Pentagon lost track of some paperwork.
0: Yeah, I think it was a few hundred thousand documents worth of paperwork, as, as I understand it. Apparently, one National Guardsman named Jack Dexera, uh who I believe I is all right, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, somehow had been sharing documents. In a chat group where I guess everybody is sort of military oriented or gun ho military or wants to show their bravado, and mm. he shared them, and whether he did it or somebody else, somehow they got leaked, and then we have a bit of a problem with most of our allies and a few of our, <laughs> our adversaries. <laughs> well, you know what? I the first the first question
1: that immediately pops into mind is. And I, I understand we are living in a digital world, but how do you lay your hands on several hundred, potentially thousands of classified military documents in the first place? Is it like you go to the, the document store or is there, is there like some kind of electronic vending machine, classified material? You, you have to join the club and, and pay up or?
0: You know, Adam, I was wondering about that as well, because I would have thought, given the hefty amounts of money we spend on our Defense Department every year, which I think are approaching $800 billion in the most recent Pentagon budget, Mm -hmm. you would think that somebody would have thought to compartmentalize the access to classified documents. I don't really know why any 21-year-old, and it's a National Guardsman person on top of that, we're not talking about somebody who's handling the steering of a, a nuclear uh armed submarine or something like that this is a national guard which is not even really active military well i was going to
1: say yeah that kind of brings up another question you know how did the national guardsmen and, and we in no way shape or form are, are poo-pooing or taking away the the job and, and certainly the service that the national guardsmen provide but how does a 21 year old national guardsman from massachusetts have any reasonable—I I don't even know how to couch this—but reasonable methodology for acquiring access to? I mean, I thought I thought I saw a number; it was like two hundred thousand documents. Right? You know, and, and again, we're not weighing in on the you know the truthfulness of that, but you know, there's leaks all over the place, and. You know, I'm thinking to myself, you know, when I was 21, I wouldn't have trusted myself with a newspaper,
0: let alone 200,000
1: pages of documents or whatever it was. I just, I don't get that.
0: Well, I don't really understand why this wouldn't be guided by the need to know adage that I thought used to guide things is to you had to have a certain security clearance to access certain documents and whether he hacked into it or just was able to access it through his own means that didn't require circumventing a security system. I mean it sounded like it was pretty easy for him to get hold of these documents. But, you know, Adam, the thing that's of concern is that this is just the latest incident in which we have seen people in the past, such as Chelsea Manning and then Edward Snowden, who have dumped loads of classified documents out Or whatever...
1: Almost, uh, well, this is the guy that... I think he's still hiding out in Sweden or somewhere. With yeah, that
0: no, Snowden? I think okay. so. I'm not sure where he's hiding out these days, but I thought he was in Russia at one point. Well, the, um, my
1: recollection serves. We had a senior senior CIA or state official, an older gentleman, who basically departed for Russia. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I think my question is: okay, you said that it's like 800 billion dollars a year for the military. Yeah, and this is this is essentially the same government that has the NSA, the CIA, the FBI, and countless other alphabet soup organizations that are designed to ferret out secrets of our, let's say, our allies as well as our enemies. And they are literally, since the invocation of the Patriot Act, listening to and reading every single electronic communication you and I or anybody else have, including, but not limited to a number of other countries' information as well. How did they not know that a 21-year-old National Guardsman in Massachusetts somehow managed to access top secret classified documents.
0: That is a mystery to all of us because you would think if you're spending $800 billion a year, plus or minus, on a military budget, you'd actually have something in there for software engineers that would be programming, setting up programming restrictions on who could access what. I mean, what would he need to even have access to given his junior rank? And that's the thing that's most baffling to me is there was no need for him to have access to any of this stuff right We well, you know it occurs to me that you know, like I'm thinking
1: back when when we were kids, you know um top it seemed to me that top secret really meant something, and you know, like for example, i'm I'm harkening back to the days of like yeah you know, my when my dad was in the service and and in the military, you know, they actually had they actually had groups of let's call them for lack of a better term, clandestine warriors who that there was only a rumor they existed and they were specifically forbidden for revealing anything about their training, operations, methodology, where they were, you know, where they were billeted, etc. Now, you know, every third seal has his own best-selling novel and, you know, they, they're telling about all their training and all that stuff. It's it's kind of disheartening that, you know, the secret kind of went out of secret,
0: you know? And, boy, well, you know, Adam, I, I think that what's probably changed a great deal since let's just go back, say World War II, Korea, that era is one. Of course, the internet and the ability to move information digitally is a massive change. You know, before you would have had to copy painstakingly and get it out, you didn't have any way yeah. to send it with push of a computer uh, button. And I think another thing that has come into play is we probably have a far larger percentage of administrators of, you know, people who honestly are there to manage other people and don't really contribute directly or even that much indirectly to the military's prowess. You know, you have all sorts of offices that have been set up to handle such things as diversity or inclusion or, you know, <laughs> justice issues. But I would wager that the number of administrators, percent of administrators, has become far higher than it ever was in those days. And I think the other problem is with this profusion of administrators, you've got a profusion of documentation. You know, I think probably there are a lot of jobs where people have to justify their existence. And... I don't know if completing a task is necessarily as important in some of these situations as actually looking like you're doing something, but it seems to me that uh,
1: we're, well, we we are talking about the military and not Capitol Hill at this point.
0: uh, We are talking about the military, but I would wager that the percentage of soldiers as compared to what I would call the armchair administrators is far greater now than it was in World War II. Mm -hmm. And so there you know, maybe part of it's also, there's also, I understand it, a, you know, documents are duplicated over and over again. The classified ledger may be more widely used than it was before. You know, maybe things that are more trivial are classified now. You know, we we don't really know from, from these documents yet, but it strikes me that, If you have such a large bureaucracy, which kind of gets in the way of itself and perpetuates itself, their basic product is going to be paperwork and Mm -hmm. um, emails, reports. Yeah, who knows if they're actually helpful? Every one of them. You know, I'm sure some are necessary, but it just seems to me that. The same thing's happened in the university system where you've just had a massive increase in the administrators, the non-teaching employees of the university, versus the actual professors, assistant professors, lecturers, or whatever, that actually Mm -hmm. do teach the students. So my guess is a big part of this is just the ongoing bureaucratization of of the Defense Department, which we're probably paying an enormous amount of money for, and it perhaps is not getting us a lot of additional all war readiness Pro- capability yeah pr-
1: yeah, protection well you know i that that brings up a thought in, in my mind i would wonder just how much of that you know that budget that military budget is actually superfluous how much of it is like somebody writing a, a report on the parking situation at you know fort Meade, you know in in maryland or wherever fort Meade happens to be you know and to me it's just kind of like really We have administrators in charge of all this. When I speak to like my dad or, you know, some of the people that I know that are veterans, I even have a neighbor who was a accountant for the Navy back in the Korean and Vietnam era. You know, she was old, but she didn't know anything about documents or her job was to balance the books. She didn't have any access to documents. She had, you know, a ledger and an acting machine at that time. Now, it occurs to me that there's far more, like you said, administrative functions any more than there is. I mean, it's, it's got to be, you know, I'm guessing it's got to be 20, 25% of the population. And I bet
0: that 20% of the work that these people do is, is just fluff. Well, I I think a lot of it, unfortunately, gets back to how easy it is to access documents, because I guess if you can hack into the Pentagon system, you can go pretty much anywhere. Whereas, you know, in World War II, these things are sitting in a filing cabinet block somewhere, and you don't really even have an easy way to copy these documents. I mean, if you're a spy, you have a little camera or whatever, but, you know, you're shooting it page by page by page. It's not an easy thing to get a lot of paperwork together quickly before somebody may may catch you. And uh, or deep past. You have
1: to sneak past four Marine sentries down three stairs. Whip out your your. I think it's a Minox camera. Photocopy your photograph. All that, and secret the microfilm in
0: a in <laughs> a hollow in your tooth and smuggle it out. Oh, okay, well, you know, yeah. That's the kind of stuff you had to do. It was very manual, and you couldn't diffuse it very easily either. You had to meet Forrest in, in Park Slope uh, in Brooklyn and hand yeah. him the, the microfilm. It wasn't like you could simply say, okay, I'll just put this out there on the Internet and mm-hmm. hit it. You know, actually, the there is one thing that I, I thought was very interesting. I think the Washington Post had an article about the increasing number. Well, first of all, the military seems to be having an increasing difficulty with recruitment, and uh, given how bizarre some of the policies, some of the social policies that have been forced upon the military, that doesn't really surprise me at all. But right, what the people was getting at was that they're Trying to recruit people, and one big emphasis is trying to recruit people who are into gaming and everything, or into the whole you know shoot 'em up games and so forth, with the hopes that uh, you know if they're really into that, that they would want to become soldiers. And but the article also went on to say that a lot of these guys, and maybe that suits this uh, Jack Texera fellow, are kind of loners. They they converge in these chat rooms, and they you know they want to show each other up with documents, or not necessarily documents, but just with whatever they. can say that will impress other people in the chat room and i guess you can access documents maybe that's something but i guess the point of the article was that because you are going trying to reach a certain type of individual who's into the gaming, who's not in a, not going to try and do something for money, but more for prestige. You know, to show that they're that they are important. That you run a real risk with that type of psychological background if you're going to put them in a sensitive position. That being said, if you don't compartmentalize the whole system severely, anyway, well, it's easy for somebody who's ambitious and knows something about computers to get access to more than they're entitled to. I don't know if the. I mean, I think the solution really is more. Now the information is accessed and compartmentalized so that even if you're hell-bent on finding out the secrets relating to the ICBM, you know, forces or whatever, that you can't get a hold of it because you're just not on the same system as, you know, that type of system. What worries me after that is that it's all part of one big system that ultimately is interconnected, and I hope that's wrong. I would think it would be somewhat segregated for, like, who can fire a missile off, but, you know, you just wonder... <laughs> You just wonder how interconnected everything is. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, that in and of itself
1: is scary, considering that the current occupant of the White House actually has the nuclear football 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I can see the potential for bad things happening there. But, you know, I think I think I saw something about, and I think I even saw a uh, an ad recently where the Army or maybe even the Air Force was recruiting people to fly drones, you know, which is, uh, which is right, right to your point about the, you know, the, the gamers, you know?
0: Well, I, I think the drones certainly play a legitimate role in the modern warfare, the way it's shaping up for intelligence gathering. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I certainly understand they've been very active in Ukraine Ukraine and enabled us through, I guess, drones and satellites and so forth to provide real-time information to the Ukrainians. And right. you know, certainly one of the things that helped them to withstand you know, the Russian onslaught. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: that was that was actually part of what I saw was part of the release. Uh, one was they released, or he released, Teixeira released documents indicating that China was actually funding a lot of the military materials for the Russians. They were actually providing financial support, if not material support, for Russian intrigues in the Ukraine. And also in that cache of documents, there was a number of documents related to the amount of special forces you know, people that the United States actually has in the Ukraine. And then, you know, of course we had somebody, you know, from the government backpedaling that saying that they're just there for security for the military attache in, in the Ukraine. You know, so there's it's kinda like this guy somehow managed to get a hold of a lot of stuff that he should have had no way to even access. And then it brings up the next question, if this kid is that good at hacking computers Maybe they should give him a job yeah, you know, and, and put him in the position where he keeps the military from getting the documents back.
0: Well, either that or let turn him loose on the Russians or the Chinese. Yeah,
1: that's true. That's true.
0: I mean, I never thought I mean, of it that way. I, the best thing is going to be if he's not that big of a whiz at this stuff, I and mean, he just managed to get into the system and it just opened up like a lotus flower to uh, <laughs> whatever he wants to uh, check out. <laughs> a lotus flower. <laughs> Well, you think
1: it was like the the Library of Congress electronic, you know, lending library? <laughs> going to borrow some documents?
0: Well, I, I guess the problem is you and I really don't know how porous the system is, but it sure sounds like it. You know, it's a recurring problem. You know, we had those other two Snowden and uh, Manning before, and every time after the leaks occurred, which were massive, we're reassured that new procedures are being put into place by the same people who keep failing to put the new procedures into place. So, you know, why are we expecting a different <laughs> outcome? Well, that brings up an entirely different question. Now, here's the thing. Now, this, is,
1: this is blown up all over every news outlet, like on the planet. It's everywhere, right? And yep. it brought up a question in my mind, And I hope you recall this incident, but we had a former president's wife who had a, un let's say, uh, firewall private server that was actually getting intelligence information. That kind of went away. And according to a book I just recently read, Debbie Wasserman Schultz lost her personal laptop, uh, although she did not admit to it. And her laptop was then found in one of the buildings on Capitol Hill in what was formerly a phone booth with a post-it note on it saying sorry. <laughs> and of course, the, here, here's the best part. I don't recall exactly what committee she was on, but Debbie Wasserman Schultz was actually uh, getting classified documents.
0: Which I, I would imagine, Adam, that pretty much everybody in Congress must get some type of classified documents, depending on what committee they're on. And, right. You know, so forth, so I'm not surprised that she would be getting them. You know, you you, you almost wonder, is the problem that you have to almost make it so they can't access the system unless they're physically at the work site that they can't, yeah. Take a,
1: a well, how? Any- yeah, I was gonna say. Well, how hard would that be? You know, because I mean, think about it. Like all last week, virtually, I worked from the house using my intranet uh, or internet connection to connect to the office. Well, all that communication is—I'm sure that's not secure. But imagine, if you will, a uh, you know, a, a member of government doing exactly the same thing. How do you ensure that nobody gets into that pipeline and and, and steals stuff? Right. I just can't imagine. how how you can secure that. And to your point, I mean, if you're going to access that information, you're going to access that information in your office on a secure device that is separate and, you know, discreet. And I would imagine at some point, you almost have to have it such that, you know, there's no external access to it. You know, like a, a lock or something, you know, the information comes in, it sits in the middle until it's clear that the information gets dumped via the, the security system. And, and maybe I'm, you know, completely wrong on that. And that stuff stays on that secure
0: and segregated system. It just doesn't go anywhere else. Well, well, and no, let, Adam, when you, uh, yeah, I, all I going to say know. is, when you think, how many times have you heard when a company says, "Well, guess what? Fifty million people's identities may have been compromised because one of our executives lost his laptop at a country yeah. club," or and I'm thinking, why in the world? Why in the world do any of these people have laptops to begin with? Why can they access it remotely? You know, make them go to work to access this stuff. And then they could be videoed. You know, they have to time stamp their entry. I mean, there's you can stop this. It's like everything else. You can stop it. It's just, you know, getting the actors involved to actually do what needs to be done. I feel well, much you better. It, if, uh, if, pardon me? Yeah, you say, Do you think it's a lack of will? Because it surely
1: isn't a lack of money. ain't hey, how huh. yeah. $100 billion, I'm sure they could figure out a way of slotting that
0: in. Well, I think there'd be a savings, Adam. We'd be getting rid of all these laptops that we're buying. I mean, look at how much trouble Hunter Biden's gotten in on his laptop. And, well, he really hadn't gotten any trouble. He's gotten a lot of uh, news attention, I guess. But mm-hmm. it just seems. Take away the laptops from everybody. You know, you got to go to your office, or or there's got to be remote locations that, in an emergency, you can go to. But this whole thing where everybody walks around top—that's the—you mean almost like uh, Jeff, almost like the uh, the cone of silence. Well, yeah, or just or a remote, you know, just a separate outpost, like the Pentagon has a location somewhere else other than just the Pentagon. You know, if there's an emergency or whatever. But I mean, why in the world would anybody, you know, frankly, of almost any level, need to be carrying all this stuff around? You know, well, I don't, can, yeah, I don't see it. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no. And when
1: you think about it, there's so many. Like, for example, uh, and and we're getting close to our time here. But when you think about it, we had Chinese weather balloons floating stuff for the United States, gathering what they call signal intelligence. So they were essentially piggybacking and doing the exact same thing, uh, I believe, the NSA does, but they were doing it for China. And, you know, these balloons are out there bopping around, and and, and I could be completely ass out on this, but unless the device you're using is inside, you know, like a Faraday cage, or... uh, a bunker somewhere, they can pick up on what's going on on that computer, especially if you're using a Wi-Fi. Yeah, of course. So you said maybe maybe the issue should be you want to see this information. You step into that office. There's a machine in there. It's enclosed, like I said, in a Faraday cage or some kind of bunker. It's not connected to the internet directly. The information is compartmentalized and the information gets used right where it's at. I think you've just solved the problem.
0: Plus, nobody gets the laptop. have about I mean, the notion of how that would hurt. The, I fail to see how that would hurt anybody's productivity very much to take their laptops away. Mm-hmm. Well, I believe it's now part of the process on the hill
1: where you not only have a laptop, but you have you know your your machine at the office, and they give you an iPad now.
0: Oh, good. What can go wrong? Yeah, <laughs> just just out of
1: curiosity, what bad could possibly happen there? You know, if Debbie Wasserman Schultz lost her laptop and it wasn't for like a day, this was for, I want to say, three weeks it was missing. And then it turned up in, like I said, a phone booth, essentially. Seems to me there's a little bit of a disconnect between, you know, secrecy and national security and, you know,
0: how, how the, let's say, the hires up you know, comport themselves with this information. And they don't seem to be that alarmed about it because I would think the thing you'd be doing is shutting down access with a vengeance after yet another incident like this. And whether it's as simple as taking away everybody's devices or making it impossible to, you know, transfer data to, you know, a secondary device like a laptop or an iPad or whatever, I don't see where... technologically, that would be a bad idea. It just means, okay, so you're not uh, taking your stuff home on the weekends to ostensibly work. You just take care of it, walking
1: around. <laughs> yeah, that,
0: that that seems to be a high priority
1: there. They take their work home with them. Yeah. Well, like you said earlier, I mean, so let
0: me see if I understand this. He took his work home with him to the country club. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, or, or whatever. But it's just, it, there's no need for it. And, and the problem is that it doesn't ever seem to change. And I guess the other question, which is beyond the scope of this program, is what do you do with this kid? Well, you know, like I said, again, it's it's possibly a case where,
1: listen, how did we get our space program? Real simple, we brought back the German BV2 program, gave them all, you know, clemency, and turned them into, you know, basically NASA. So, you know, you want to stop hackers, well, best thing to do is probably get yourself a hacker. You know, because my suspicion is if he's better than the people that we're keeping and we're supposed to be keeping him out, then you need to hire him and put him to work, you know, protecting your secrets, or
0: like you said, have him go after our adversaries. Have him look into that. I, I think so. I, it'll be interesting to find out how good a hacker he is, or if it's just something that the system itself is just so poor in compartmentalizing information that you don't have to be that great of a hacker, but... I agree with you, you know, set set them loose. On either preventing others, or um, you know, or going after Russian systems or Chinese systems, but uh, that's for another day, Adam. So I suspect Mm -hmm. we probably need to wrap this uh, broad. Yeah, we're we're at the
1: we're at the end of our program for for today, Jeff. I want to thank you for meeting me here at the Global News Network. You know, obviously, we try to stay on the cutting edge of news here at the Omaha Bugle, and we'll certainly continue to do so. And from senior correspondent Jeff Weaver and myself, Adam Von Romer, I wish you all good night.